Juan. Welcome to the Casa Brew Show! Gia! Gia! Yeah! What is up, brother Kaz? What is up? What's up with you? Big news since the last show. <laughs> our our very own Aaron Bruski has joined the ranks of the men who are now at the bottom of the totem pole in their homes. <laughs> the men that are at the bottom of the ranks. <laughs> you are now a father. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, man, it's been a while since we've been on a show, and um, obviously life has changed significantly. It's uh, it's totally different, cause it's totally different. But it's uh, it's great. We are um, we're back, kind of in the flow of things. Um, kind of sort. I say that on three hours sleep here, which is actually a good amount. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually feel spry. <laughs> Uh, I may or may not be injecting the Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee into my veins directly, like an addict. But uh, no, man, it's uh, it's great. Skylar was born about three weeks ago, um, so it's uh, it's crazy. You know, they 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 tell you everything about it. You told me everything about it. Uh, Dan Bespris told me everything about it. You, know, you guys have been in kind of the the years ahead of me going through all this stuff. So you guys told me all about it. Everybody told me how great it would be. And then it exceeded all of those expectations. And then some, um, we almost had the baby at the house, which was uh, wild. I did read one internet article about how to deliver a baby. Um, <laughs> completely forgot everything that I read. So no help there. Um, yes. <laughs> but we got in the car. Luckily we live right around the corner from the hospital and I mean, she had no signs of just, like, going to have this baby right here and now. And uh, we had that baby probably 25 minutes later. So it was uh, wild times. And uh, so we've been uh, gearing up for all sorts of different things. And, uh, you know, so we're back. And uh, with with not a moment to spare, good sir, because we have playoffs, predictions, awards, all that preseason stuff that everybody else may have done already, but not quite as good as us. That's right. So, uh, oh, yeah. so that's pretty funny. I was listening uh, that you say that I was listening, actually driving um, home last night. And this guy, one of the local dudes was, uh, you know, talking about the Warriors upcoming season. And he says, like, you know, he th- he really doubts that they're going to be above uh, 500 and all this stuff. And he was like, he was like, we don't know what's, what these guys are like. We don't know about, like, how do we know who Willie Cauley-Stein is? How do we know what he's going to do? And I'm like, well, he's been in the league like four or five years. Like, you know what he's going to do because he's done the same thing for four years. <laughs> like, I, I, it, was so, it was so funny what he was saying. Like, Burke, we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know what this person's going to do. It's like, yeah, we do. We know we know exactly what they're what this person's gonna do if you watch basketball. Like, it was so weird. In, the, in the case of Willie Colley he's just gonna do something really stupid most of the time. But he's gonna do it, and he's gonna do it with consistency. Um, poor Willie. <laughs> Willie got you know Willie has. Uh, I mean, he had such a great shot there to to just get the whole Golden State corporate knowledge thing going and and really just take advantage of playing with one of the premier pick and roll players in the league assuming of course he would roll to the hoop you know there's there's a question if he would do that or not but he could have been getting it going and now it's marquise chris out there who's uh it was funny it was it was great that draymond green just blasted the suns because people he was like you know Nobody ever blames the franchise for these players sucking, <laughs> these high picks sucking in their first few years and the kind of destroying of their careers. And, you know, Chris has definitely had his share or, you know, it's definitely on him, you know, for a lot of things. But he specifically mentioned, he's like, yeah, they had him launching threes and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good rant there yeah. you know, for Draymond. <laughs> I think that you find that in a lot of sports, like I, I don't think that the organizations get, you know, enough credit for busts as, as they, they just kind of, everyone just kind of blames it on the player. Uh, and I think like, you know, if you're going to be drafting people this young, I mean, you, you really need to have a much clearer vision, but it's just so like, everything's so haphazard for these teams that, you know, cons- consistently stay at the bottom. And it's, it's just really no wonder. I mean, you can't, you can't, 
You can't bring a 19 year old into a situation they've never been in before and just expect them to just thrive. You know, I, I, I haven't pitched the draft guide, which is selling like crazy this year, and, and everything at the at Hoopball, the site, our site, that site um, is going great. Um, but Sarver. You know, when we have a shitty, pardon me, owner, sorry, I'm, it's three hours. I was just going to swear, whatever. Um, when, you have a, when you have that owner in the league, in, your, in, in our fantasy league, I should say, you never want him to leave. And everybody's always asking, like, well, why don't they get rid of Sarver? I bet the other 29 guys are like, no, Sarver stays. <laughs> That's one less team to worry yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, it's been a while since we've talked um, – to kind of, I guess, bring our listeners up to speed. Um, The NBA almost um, wrecked their, their relationship with China since we last talked. Hell yeah. Um, Everybody comes off looking terrible with that. Did you have any thoughts about that before we get right into the the nuts and bolts of, uh, you know, honestly, I I haven't followed it particularly close. I know that Daryl Morey tweeted support for um, Hong Kong. How dare you? (laughs) <laughs> how dare he how dare he support human beings in their quest to gain freedom that's something i've always frowned upon also staying alive and staying alive you know just just really bad you know character <laughs> characteristics and so and i know uh and i just kind of know the nba was has been dancing because there's a lot of money they take in from uh from China and then individuals. I didn't see what LeBron said, but apparently, you know, there was an interesting theory. Let me, I'll catch the, the listeners probably already know this. The the, the but LeBron, the, the LeBron went in front of a camera after practice, got asked about it, and basically said that Daryl Morey was uninformed. But he did it in a hilarious way. And the theory that that just got floated. And I wonder if this was some some cover from agents. Like multiple agents, it felt like uh, Jay Michael was very good reporter out of the Indy Star, <clears throat> used to be USA Today, really been around forever. He's just a reliable guy. He said a lot of agents are saying that they thought LeBron's comments might have been cover for China. So like he goes after Maury to keep China happy and kind of falls on a grenade, which I didn't, I don't know if I fully buy this because he sounded like that guy that's, you know, it's like, I'm LeBron. I talk about worldly things. You know, you're going to ask me this question. I'm going to have an opinion, but I haven't really researched it. And I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> and I know he was there. And I know he's supposed to be the guy that was in the meetings, kind of repping the players, sort of being central to this. But he just, he he sounded like a guy who had never heard of the topic before, but wanted to wax on it. And uh, he, and then my favorite line was that he said, I don't want to get in a word or sentence thing with Daryl Morey. <laughs> What does that even mean? So like, what is it, a word or sentence thing? He was, clear, he was clearly That's... thinking about, like, I don't want to get into a war of words. Yeah. He's <laughs> a new thing. Hey, you know. He's... I don't want to get into a word or a sentence thing. I don't want awesome. to get into a punctuation battle with Daryl Morey. punctuation thing, or if you're going to say something to me and have pauses in your words, I don't want to, or a paragraph thing. I don't want to do that. This is uh, not that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, my thing, I guess is like, how much money is it really? I, I know that like they were talking about cap drops of like 15 mil per team. So multiply it by 30. I think that's what, Oh, quick math. Don't fail me now. It's like 450. It could it possibly be $450 million that they're talking about. I thought it was way more than that. I thought that they were talking about like it was about like seven hundred to uh, a billion in 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 the um, especially like there's some there was something that they're doing right now um, that's going to be for the future, and that should bring in like I forget what they said, but that that would be bringing in like uh, you know one point two billion or something a year with them like there's some sort of partnership in something else that the league is doing so i mean whatever people whatever billionaires start dancing around ain't that a thing you know that it's serious dollars well that's what when tillman tweeted it was like oh man this ain't good because you just don't see that yeah yeah so yeah it's uh it's it's a you know it's Uh, pretty 
it's pretty amazing. <laughs> anyway. it, is, it is amazing to see them quiver. And I yeah. guess my thought is like, there's all this stuff like with China apparently asked them to fire Daryl Morney. And now, you know, Silver's trying to grow a spine or at least publicly, you know, trying yeah. to say, oh, no, we wouldn't do that. And, um, and I'm just sitting here watching China kind of call the shots with this stuff. And I'm kind of thinking, OK, take that. Even if it was the billion, you know, try to break that down to each individual owner and, and what each player would be losing if they just told China to kick rocks. And I really right. think that's kind of the if you're playing the long game here with China and you're like, you guys are going to call the shots on everything now. Uh, I don't know about that. Like, I I think you got to suck it up and and these guys got to look a little further than the immediate and and say just, hey, China, if you don't like it, don't play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We were, I mean, because ultimately you will always be beholden to them. Yeah. If you don't. Yeah. I mean, it's a mutual relate. They're just bullying because that's what they—that's what the position they've put themselves in. Like they b- bully every other industry. You, you, NBA be nice. They're usually on the forefront of these kind of issues. It'd be nice if they stepped up and just said, "The hell with you." It's—I mean, it, it mu- it's a mutual relationship, or else China wouldn't be doing business with them. So you don't have to quiver right now. You could actually stand on your own two feet. And, you know, have a couple of million dollars less. You know, I'm sorry, LeBron, you won't be able to bring in, you know, $10 million from China this year. You know, there was one Lakers player who's got like a million dollar contract that they just in China that they were going to get while there and lost it. And so I think they're it to me, I guess we'll get going on basketball stuff here. But I think it feels like they all just didn't have enough time to figure anything out like the guys on the plane heading over for those games left and didn't know the, 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 the I don't think they even had seen the tweet from Maury. So, yeah. And they didn't have Wi-Fi on the plane or something. So they like got off the plane and were like, whoa, <laughs> what, what the hell? And then they were kind of expected to speak on behalf of the league. And, yeah. uh, and last thing before we move, I, I thought it was great that the team rep for the Rockets basically blocked the CNN reporter from asking a question saying it was only basketball questions allowed. And that stuff's been pulled around the league by local, usually small markets that kind of control all the media outlets. And it's really an affront to journalism, which I kind of laugh because it's basketball. Like there are a lot of basketball reporters, some of the best ones out there that kind of have an air of journalism to them. And, And then some of them take it a little too far. Like, you know, they're reporting on politics or, you know, they're in a war zone or something and they're not, <laughs> but it is an affront to journalism. And, you know, I think the league, one of their next kind of frontiers they're going to have to figure out is, is kind of what are they doing with journalism? Cause there's just a lot of censorship, I think throughout yeah. the NBA and they want to be this progressive league and you get down to the team levels and they really do kind of pick and choose who they let cover them. And they only, kind of will do that if you're a friendly or you're yeah. so big that they have to. And so yes. there's a weird little tension there. Anyway, it's kind of funny that just real quick. It kind of reminds me of you know a couple of weeks ago with uh, the NFL and the Antonio Brown situation. And I don't know if you caught any of Bill Belichick having to go out there when like, oh. the user came. I saw the look. Trying, <laughs> he was basically trying to shut down, you know, any kind of questions that had to do with Antonio Brown and, you know, the sexual assault and stuff. But there were CNN guys there and they were just hammering him. And the local guys were like, sweet, you know, we don't have to do anything because they know they can't say anything because he's not going to he's going to ostracize them you know they never get a question answered and they see he's like I'm here to talk about football CNN guy again yeah well here you know what about Antonio Brown he's like well I'm here to talk about football yeah those you guys don't mess around yeah so they don't care cuz they're never going to be in that room again they're only there to talk about Antonio Brown so it's like it was hilarious i got to work with a lot of city reporters during the kings relocation thing and they're great cuz they do exactly that they just like shout louder <laughs> They're just rude, irreverent, <laughs> <laughs> and it's great, you know, because it does help get what you need. Um, imagine that journalism. We need it. Um, okay, so we do this silly little exercise every single year where we actually grid out the playoffs. Like, So we've picked our teams, and we've seeded them in past episodes, so uh, go listen if you care to. And uh, 
then we pick the champions and, and we kind of pick how it all plays out. Um, I'm a little scared to reveal my picks. Okay. And I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm scared, Kaz. I'm scared. And so let's start in the East because I'm not very scared over there. And <laughs> you're not very scared in the East. Okay. No, I feel like the East, I got this, man. It's, it's real to me. Like it's this one I would bet on. And, um, then after we do some, uh, some playoff predictions, we'll, we'll try to pick some awards out as well. So uh, in the East, uh, let's recap here. I had, um, in order of seeding, Milwaukee 1, Philly 2, 3 was Indy, pardon me. Uh, number 4 was Boston, 5 Toronto, 6 Miami, 7 Orlando, and 8 was Brooklyn. And you had done a little something different with your order, actually. Yeah, you you so did some reordering, so let's get your, your order out here. I got Milwaukee one, uh, Sixers two, Celtics three, Toronto four, Indy five, Miami six, Brooklyn seven, and Orlando eight. Got it. Okay. I think we have the same eight teams there, which yes. that's swell. This is a little bit different in the middle, I think. Yes, yes. So um, the way it plays out here, um, your, your first four uh, teams, let's get them coming out of that first round and, and just sort of any observations that you you've got with your, your um, first round stuff. Uh, my first round, I got um, bucks in a, in a four, four game sweep cakewalk over Orlando. I got, um, I got Indy uh, the, as the five beating uh, Toronto four, um, two. I got uh Sixers rolling uh, Brooklyn 4-0, and I got uh, the Celtics beating Miami uh, 4-1. Yeah, yeah, that bottom. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have a very exciting uh, first round for the East. That, that's why I was cool with starting with the East, because I do think some of this stuff kind of writes itself. Um, similar. I, that, my, my, my Indy Toronto is really kind of, I think that could be uglier too. I have Indian in six, but that could be five as well. <laughs> So. Yeah, Toronto, they feel like they could puncture the top four, huh? Huh? Like Toronto, like I, you, you'd mentioned that you thought maybe Toronto could give Indy some, some trouble there. Um, is, is Did I catch that right? Yeah, I, I do. But I also think that Indy might really – I mean, I have them – I have Indy as the five seed, but I think that they're going to beat them and it could get ugly. I think they could – I think they might really be able to whoop up on Toronto, but maybe, you know – Anyway, Indy's one of the more let's, interesting let's... teams to me uh, in the East this year because I do think, and we'll talk about them since it sounds like you have them advancing. We can spend a little bit more time on the teams that matter, um, but the uh, they're really interesting to me, and and I have the same kind of idea with Toronto. Where so I have them playing against the Celtics in the first round, and I really I just think I look I go you know Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol. Serge Ibaka, I kind of feel like their front court is very experienced, talented enough, and um, Sayakam I have a lot of respect for. So uh, then you go down and you see Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, and you just start to feel like this isn't a team that should over should be overlooked. Um, and and with um, Boston, I look at them and I go, their depth is is a question mark. And I also kind of wonder about how their games mesh. Um, you know, Kemba. It's going to be Kemba. He's going to do his thing in the pick and roll. But, like, Jason Tatum needs the ball in his hands a lot. Jalen Brown, is he going to take the next step where he can play off the ball really effectively? You know, those are the questions I have there. And then you get to their depth. So um, I actually have Boston going over Toronto because um, I do think that the talent is, is kind of hard to deny. Um, but it's close. And, I'm, and I, I could easily switch that out and go Toronto over Boston and not feel that bad about it. Um, I also have Milwaukee over Brooklyn. Um, I probably would give Brooklyn a game, and I probably could give them no games and feel good about it. Uh, then I have Indy over Miami. Um, Miami's an interesting team this year. I almost wonder if some of the addition by subtraction stuff works, it's, works itself out for them. Uh, Jimmy Butler, I think they needed a guy like that. So I'm 
curious if they can finally do some of the things that I've been thinking they could do over the last couple of years, but they haven't. Um, Orlando. Yeah, I think that they, I think they're they're going to run into just a talent problem, but I think that they're all going to be happy and they're going to be, you know, it's a Miami team, you know, this is kind of like a, you know, Pat Riley Spolstra kind of team. I just don't know that they have enough players to like to really make any kind of noise in a in a in a, in a playoff series. So it sounds like they're going to start Justice Winslow and. That's pretty like that's a formidable one-two punch in the backcourt. You know him and Butler defensively. Yeah. So um, and Derek Jones Jr. has been getting pretty good reviews for from us forever. Um, but the uh, it sounds like he's going to play about twenty-five minutes a game. So he's a good defender, um, at least physically speaking. Everything else got to round out. So it's some intriguing things there in Miami. But uh, I do have Indy advancing over them, and I've got Philly obviously over Orlando. Um, but I kind of feel like Orlando might give them a little bit of grief. You know, um, Vucevic, if anything, defensively is, is probably just heavier than most centers. And, um, you know, by virtue of that, he might just get in the way a little bit better against a <laughs> Joel Embiid. Um, they played with each other for a full year. Um, you know, maybe Jonathan Isaac gets involved more. Um, you can start to kind of... See if Philly comes in, they might want to take that series off. So they might get a couple wins there in Orlando. But Philly advancing out of that group. So we correct me if I'm wrong, you have Milwaukee, Boston, Indy, and Philly? Yes. Okay. And um do you have Milwaukee and Boston? In I that? have Milwaukee. I have Milwaukee Indy. You have Milwaukee and Indy. Five. Okay. So in your theoretic one five, who did you yes. have advancing? I got uh, Milwaukee. I have it um, you know, Indy's tough, so um, you know, tough team. I have it four two. I think that uh, they'll get one game because I think maybe Milwaukee will have an off shooting night, and then I think they'll earn another win. But uh, Milwaukee's going to be too much, I think. So Indy, um, let's quickly stop on them. Um, I love what they got going on in their depth in the backcourt. You know, Aaron Holiday is a guy that's really, you know, on any other team probably getting more minutes. And then Edmund Sumner, defensive specialist, really kind of in his first year last year and um, really did a good job at that. You know, there was a lot of upside talk about him being able to defend three positions credibly very, very well. Think kind of a la Josh Richardson. Um, and then I watched him in the preseason against the Kings and man, it looks like he brought himself a jump shot. And so uh, he's going to be buried in that rotation. So the the depth of what they got going on there, like I really think he could probably play 25 minutes for most teams, and and you probably aren't like upset about it. Um, So they've got a lot of guard depth. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis looked great. I mean, there are a couple times he took Marvin Bagley to the post and just like, (laughs) just like he wasn't even there. Um, And uh, obviously Miles Turner. So, um, I mean, do they have the pop to make something happen in the East, like a, a finals appearance, like an Eastern Conference finals appearance? Could they theoretically upset a Bucks team? I don't think so, but you know, <laughs> it's uh, they, they're good. I mean, they're a couple years away. It just it just you know we'll, we'll see. They, you know, you got to take those steps. I think you know the 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 Oladipo injury last year, you know, kind of put in a a growth situation that you know you kind of have to take step by step in the playoffs you know you gotta gotta get beat up a little bit and uh milwaukee took the big step by losing last year in the way that they lost and I, they're not it is not going to be denied by a team that they're better than you know they're, they're you're not going to upset them you know, if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna be favored in the series, they're gonna win that series. I, yeah. I mean, so like sliding down to Philly here for me because I've got Indy against Philly. Um, like Philly, the only way they lose is something happens to their starters. Um, right. And and you kind of pivot back to the Bucks because um, you know they're they are to me, and I'm pretty sure I bet this. Um, to, I, I, are they a lock, Milwaukee? I mean, let's let's fast forward this conversation. You got Philly in the two slot, right? So I have Philly in the two, and I have them beating uh, the Celtics, but a very close series. 
I think that the wings are gonna give. Um, the I think the that Jalen. I think Jalen Brown is gonna be able to kind of erase Simmons, like we've seen, like mm-hmm. where we see dominant long defenders can really take him out. And I and I think this is going to be a tough, tough series for him. So that's gonna make it. Um, you know, have the the Celtics depth worries me. Um, they got some bodies to bang with Embiid. Um, but I, I think that uh, I think Al Horford and um, Tobias Harris should be able to uh, get the um, Sixers through. But I think the carryover from how badly Simmons is going to play in that series will really make it easier for the Bucks. Like I think coming into that next round, Simmons's confidence is going to be really rocked. You know, and that's not what you need when you're going against Milwaukee. So, so I have I have Milwaukee beating uh, being the Sixers four uh, two. What I think is really interesting because so the Simmons stuff I think you're dead on. Like I think he's gonna have yet another another bad one. And uh, so so Richardson though, like he sort of got this audition in Miami where he sort of self anointed himself the man, and they also asked him to be the man. And then he kind of refused to be the man because the, the shot attempts just didn't get to the point where, you know, you're taking 16, 17 shots a game and, um, you know, really kind of drawing that level of attention on offense. And he was inefficient at the same time. So almost like he couldn't do it. Um, now, if they do take out Ben Simmons, you know, he then becomes the de facto point guard. And... Um, they have all these other ball handlers, you know, that they can deploy on the front end or probably from the front court. So they're not like dead in the water, but it kind of feels like he'll be an X factor in anything they do there. Um, if Ben Simmons gets shut down. Yeah. I think the problem is that even with Ben Simmons getting shut down, I don't, I can't foresee them. Like he's still going to get his minutes, you know, as badly as he's going to play, they're going to give him every opportunity to, get himself out of it. I just don't think he's going to be able to. So, um, and I think that's going to really bog down, you know, their offense, you know, and then you just don't know what Embiid's going to be like, you know, um, weight wise, commitment wise, mentally, uh, you just don't know, you know, they just have, they just, again, they have at the top of their roster, the mental game is just so, weak you know and so so you so unreliable that you, i just can't with any good conscience vote uh you know pick them to to beat a, a, a connected team that has talent mm. and and i mean man they got talent in milwaukee too, and they added so many role player guys and just kind of that's gonna be very good for them you know, in yeah. the playoffs, they and like you said earlier, they've they've taken their shots, um, you know, taken their licks. And my only thing with this is, so if you were trying to draw up a team that could theoretically throw bodies in front of um, Giannis, having a somewhat similarly sized Tobias Harris, uh, Al Horford has gone up against him quite a few times in the playoffs. Um, you know, Embiid is a big body to get in the way. Um, Richardson obviously will, you know, be a pestering force. And then Ben Simmons is pretty custom built to do that. Um, any fear at all that, that that combination of players, if pointed directly at Giannis, you know, would, would gum it up for them? Uh, they'll, I mean, he'll have to make moves. I mean, I don't think he can bully them. The difference is like, you know, Simmons also is a, I think he's a pretty good defender, but he also allows his offense to affect his defense. So it's not like Simmons, he's not going to have it going, but then he's going to be like, I'm just going to shut down. I'm just going to really make, I'm going to get steals. I'm going to be in the lane. I'm going to block shots. He doesn't really do that. Like, and he's not playing well on offense. He's kind of a non-factor defensively as well. And that's kind of a problem. You can't have a guy out there who's not doing it on both ends you know, playing the minutes he's going to get. I think that, you know, that's a series where, you know, a guy like, you know, George Hill, you know, the, the bench of Milwaukee, you know, Connington. I just, I feel like 
their the, the amount of minutes that they can play and you not skip a beat is just like well, and, and they got they got angles on angles if they want a physical guard you know they could go offensive minded physical guard they could go Dante DiVincenzo they can Connaughton um, played great has great playoff experience yeah. for a young player um, you know everybody will probably talk about Kyle Korver too much but you know the uh, <laughs> the corpse of Kyle, Kyle Korver <laughs> he'll be the first guy everybody they got Kyle Korver it's just yeah it's so funny <laughs> Something about that Kyle Korver, you know, he's so dreamy. Um, the uh, the the one thing, one rat, one wrinkle, I think would be interesting, and we'll move over to the West so we can get really weird. Um, so, <laughs> if Philly at the trade deadline or prior, but if they add some bench depth, which they should, I mean, you're you're pointed in a win now scenario. Right. Get a bench player, get three of them right. while you're at it, and and players will want to play there. So sure. can they get some players? Um, interestingly, Matisse Tybel, if I'm probably not getting that name pronunciation right, he's been tearing it up, man, yeah, defensively. Yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, there really for anything else at this point in time, but, like, he's he's been getting after it. Um, so they got one player off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> they got a guy off the bench. He's never played an NBA minute, but... um. So, uh, yeah, that would be interesting to see them do that. All right, so we're both in agreement. It's Milwaukee of the East. Yes. Okay. All right, let's get weird. Your first round is going to be probably way different than my first round, I think. So let's just have at it. So uh, let us know what happened in the first round of your mock playoffs. I got, you know, I had uh, Portland as my surprise number one. So I'll have uh, Portland. I've I've got them as eight, by the way. Yeah, I got I got Portland over um, San Antonio in seven. I think that San Antonio has the the defensive perimeter to really give them problems, and I and I think that that's gonna again and then the the veterans and so I think that's gonna go down the stretch actually. Um, but I have uh, Portland winning at home, you know, in Game Seven. I got. Uh, Denver is five. Houston is four. I got Denver winning that series four two. Um, I think by then the gig will be up on. I think that they'll win a lot of games early in Houston, um, or you know they'll they'll have a good stretch of time where they could just you know win by getting to the free throw line fifty times a game. But uh, well, <laughs> but I think the, to your point, the is, like to, to step all over you here, but I really just wanted to step all over you is. Uh, James Harden, I think, like, I saw him in a preseason game in Hawaii, of all places. He's out there playing like it's March. He's trying to get an MVP award. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's... he's gonna, that dude's pissed off, man. I think... There's going to be some ball hogging going on. Oh. Tucker, have you seen the shot, by the way? We haven't had a t- chance to talk. Have you seen his new shot, the, the running three? Yeah, I mean, whatever. That's hey. the stupidest thing I've ever Good for you, buddy. Good for you. Like, what are the do you, know, you think he keeps that up? I mean, he'll do it. I mean, he'll do it in the game. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm sure. He'll like, do okay, it. let's say he does it for the first half of the season that they're winning. <laughs> does he keep it up into February, March, and April? Winning, of course. Does he's he take do a it. shot like that in the playoffs? Of course. <laughs> 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 like James Harden. Can you imagine in like game seven at home or something? It's like the fourth quarter and he takes that shot. Are you Don't serious? Be, I mean, like you. I'll commend. I, I I do nonstop ripping on James Harden. I will commend the man. He goes. He comes into the off season and he works on something and he brings something new every year. <laughs> to add to his repertoire he is not doing that one that one-legged I, thing I, I he's keep, not doing that just because it's preseason he I, keep plans having the, I keep having flashbacks <laughs> of Chappelle when he did that skit where he's like doing the the softball game and he's running down or walking down the first base <laughs> <laughs> like James Harden at 38 years old oh no, he's gonna do it trust me no no there's no doubt he's gonna do it you know, it'll start probably in a couple of blowout games, you know, bust it out here and there. If he drops like two in a game. Like, can like, you can you kick the ball into the hoop? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be doing headers next year. Like, don't don't even, don't worry about it. Oh, he's going to throw that out there, no doubt about okay, it. Okay, I'm glad we got this prediction on record, though. He's going to take this yeah. shot in the playoffs, okay, and you're good with it. 
yeah. That's one of the, more, one of the safer bets you can have going into this basketball season is James Harden's going to do a running three off one leg in the playoff game. That's Imagine if he sure. actually hit a major shot with that shot. My God. He probably will. I mean, like, he, I mean, he's, he probably will. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. It's funny, so though. Got, it's like, I mean, it it's like, what if somebody started just grannying shots up in <laughs> the key moments in the game? <laughs> Granny McGee. Granny McGee. From three. Oh, God. Okay. Um, so I got, uh, so I got, anyway, I got Denver. I told you it was going to get weird, dude. Yeah. I got okay. Denver beating them 4-2. Okay. I got a 3-6. I got Clippers over Utah, uh, four games to one. And then in the uh, the, the prime time um, series of the first round, I got uh, the Lakers uh, two sneaking by the Warriors uh, in in seven. Um, I, that's, it's going to be a, a great, great series, I think, Um it's going to be clear that, you know, the Warriors just didn't have enough time, I think. And, uh, you know, there, there's a couple of defensive issues that they that they have um, with some of the, the new faces there. Um, you mean Amari, but, uh, Amari Spellman's not doing it for you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not too worried about Amari Spellman, actually. I'm more worried about, you know, D'Angelo and some of those uh, – young wings that they have and Steph, obviously, um, you know, yeah, let's, but I, let's spend a second on them. So like, uh, did you seen them in the preseason at all? Yeah, I went, I went and watched them play. The, uh, oh, nice. How was the chase center? You know, it was kind of crazy because we were down there for the warm up, really close, you know, we, you know, got to see Steph do his thing in the warm ups, And then we were, we were like, to call them nosebleeds is an exaggeration. Like we were literally, literally on the top row um, <laughs> of the Chase Center, and so the thing is, it's very steep. Yeah, they do that like, now. That's the, yeah. It, I don't like it. <laughs> you know? I remember going up pr- prior to the the uh, Golden One Center being uh, open. They did a tour for us, and um, yeah, it's like scary up there. Yeah, we had to leave because my son couldn't really handle it. Like, it, it, it's scary. It, it's really steep. You know, your equilibrium's off a little bit. The view is a, is better. There's no doubt about it. Did the they have cup is... holders? No, not up there. I don't know. Did yeah. That... <laughs> right, yeah. No, that, that was like a huge gripe here in Sacramento was that they made no cup because it's so steep. Like, yeah, the, yeah. there's not it, room for cup holders. Yeah, it was tough. It was definitely tough being up there, but... um. So I saw, you know, Steph, I, I, I do think Steph's going to lead the league in scoring. I, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a gimme. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, they're just, they don't have a lot of, uh, not a lot of defense there. I mean, they, you know, I let, you know, Steve Kerr is a great personality guy. So I could see him maybe having Marquise Chris turn the corner there on defense. I like passion. I haven't seen him play. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't. I, I've seen him play, but he didn't like stand that offensively. But I know he can play defense. Um, yeah, I just they're just they're just gonna come up a little short against the Lakers. I'm, I'm tempted now. Therefore, I said it. We're gonna go there. You got any problem with Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich not speaking about China as 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 forcefully as they have other topics? No, I mean, no, I didn't, uh, no, because I don't know, I don't know how they follow that. You know, you can't talk about everything all the time. And they both strike me as guys that, it's not like they fly off the seat of their pants when they're making these political comments. I think that they're well thought out. And I don't think that they're guys that would just speak on something. They're not going to pull a LeBron and just start talking about something. I've had zero time to think about any of this stuff, right? You know, it's basically like feed the kid, change the kid. You know, like all that stuff is just sort of like it's cyclical. I'm like literally have no time for any BS in my life right now. Um, but I haven't had a time, any time to like actually think that through. Like, because that's the chief complaint about them right now is that they – have sort of sidestepped in it. It's sort of the kind of the, when you lump it all in with how the NBA's handled it in, in general, <clears throat> it gives the impression that these guys backed off. But I think at the same time, like 
so many people speak without thinking about anything. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's all Twitter is. Um, yeah. and in sort of our media discourse and, um, how do you balance out your employer looking at a billion dollar loss and what that means? Like what, what is your role as a coach of, you know, one of 30 teams? Like, can you even step out and say anything? Yeah. I mean, like, I think, those, I think those two could, if there was going to be anybody to do it, but again, I don't know, like, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they've been pressed. I haven't really followed the whole situation, so I don't know how much they've been pressed by the media to talk. But I don't, I don't, I don't assume that, like, they're just going to sit down and be <laughs> like, let's talk some China. I mean, like, that. they're not like – I don't think in even the, <laughs> the, the topics that they've talked about, it's not like, it's not like they just sat down and said, I'm going to talk about Donald Trump today. Like, they, they were asked questions. So, you know, you know, I don't, I don't really know how much they, you know what, and, <clears throat> and, and Trump finally took a shot at Kerr, which I thought was interesting because, you know, he, he's never really taken a shot at any white male. <laughs> <laughs> That's not completely true. That's not completely he, he loves himself some Adam Schiff, but, you know, like, I guess um, it, he didn't pick on Popovich. You know, it's like pop is like the holy grail. I want to see him go after pop. Anyway, sorry. Basketball. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, so you have flipping to the cause page here. You've got Portland over San Antonio. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Denver over Houston. Clippers over the Jazz. Lakers over the Warriors. And so, like, back to the preseason stuff. Um, I don't put any stock in preseason, but the the question yeah. of can they do they become coverable is the thing that i think most people watching the film and obviously then any team that had a center that was any good you know is is probably going to give them a little bit of trouble though kevin looney solves a lot of problems for them because it's not whoever the hell they're trotting out there um you know marquis chris they're trying to find a way to sign him right now it'd be interesting to see if if somebody like alfonso mckinney doesn't make the team who they also kind of need um, but got to have McKinney, yeah, right? So I, I don't know how they're going to pull off getting Chris on the roster. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, do they do they have like a serious X's and O's basketball problem with being coverable? You know, obviously Clay needs to be there in the playoffs, but even with Clay, do they have that problem of being be, being coverable in the sense that Steph, while he's amazing, like isn't quite the breakdown guy he might have been a couple years ago. Draymond Green is a playmaker. You know, you can sort of sag off him. And and then there's not enough players around them. Is that They have that problem heading in. No, I think, and I could be wrong, but I'm going on my, you know, um, watching Draymond Green through most of his college career. He's a really good post player. And I think this, I think what you're going to see on the screen and roll is him crash a lot more to the to the to the block and get the ball down there and then play through him a lot. Do I the, think split, the split action with him instead of like yeah, Andrew he, Bogut. He's gonna go down and he's gonna post up. They're gonna teams are gonna switch and he's gonna have two guards on him and he's gonna score. And then he's a great passer out of the post. And I, I think that that's gonna be what frees Steph up a lot. I think that's that's what's gonna you know help in the half court. That's what's really gonna help, you know. I think he he normally floats out a lot more, and you know. But I think that this might be the least amount of jumpers that we've seen uh, Draymond take in in you know this this run. So um, I think the deal. I think offensively they're still going to be fine. It might take a little bit for everyone to kind of fit where they're going to fit, but I think they're going to be fine. So uh, some some parallel threads here. Um, you you had. Um, Utah losing to the Clippers and it seems like of all the top teams they're the ones that might have the biggest bullseye on their back um, they've obviously got Mike Conley now and that's definitely going to change things for them but it feels like they are in for a heartbreak there that there's there's I'll just bring it back to Rudy Gobert <clears throat> I don't think this might be the first year that people go it should he be on the floor you know, as much as he is like, I think like they, people might 
prefer him at 25, 26 minutes per game because he's not going to have the lateral quickness to, to avoid getting picked on in the pick and roll. And um, so, like, for example, you have uh, them getting beat by a very good Clippers team. That's not too surprising. I have them getting beat by the Warriors. So uh, let me get the top end of my craziness off so we don't have to talk about it anymore. I got uh, the Clippers as the one seed over Portland in the eight seed. I just, that one to me seems easy. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the Rockets and the Lakers uh, in round one is where I have them based on seeding. And I have the Lakers advancing just because they've got more depth. And, and I think Houston's in big trouble when it comes to the playoffs. Um, so then it gets weird. <clears throat> Pardon me from there. I've got Utah and Golden State, and I've got Golden State advancing over Utah. Basically, playoff experience. Um, I think that the uh, you know the the issue of getting Rudy Gobert into some sort of foul trouble, getting him off the floor, <clears throat> sort of exposing their defense from the inside out. I, I think that Golden State. Um, you know, the, I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I think that this one will probably go six or seven games, but I think Golden State advances and that's where things get really freaking weird for me because then I have Sacramento in the playoffs and I've got Denver in that first round matchup and Denver's got all these players and I I like Michael Malone as a coach so it's not really kind of like that I just wonder pardon me as I hack a few times call I'm back um I kind of feel like if this sack team is is constituted the right way and they play the right players oh and by the way Rashawn Holmes is now the favorite in Sacramento already um just based on preseason performances he's already won everybody over um I I think they could be the kind of team that gives Denver trouble I mean you've got Nikola Jokic not a guy that likes to get up and down the floor, at least defensively, you know. And it's it's not out of a lack of effort, I don't think. It's just they play at a speed, the Kings, that is, that could really expose him, especially if he's taken on the workloads that he's taken on in the past. So I'm sitting there looking at this matchup, and I haven't written down an answer because I think Sack can beat them. <laughs> I need your help, Cos. I know you don't have the Kings well, in the playoffs. Well, I'm in the playoffs. <laughs> That's the first I, and, thing. And, and, and I, it, it, like... Talk me off this ledge of picking sack to advance. Oh, it's it's easy. I mean, they're just not going to do it. They're 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 uh, they're going to be fun to watch, exciting, but they have literally no playoff experience. Um, they shoot way too many threes. They're not they're not going to be great in the half court. Uh, you know, there's just it, there's just no way they're going to be Denver. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> even if I had them in the playoffs, there's just there's, there's no way. You're talking matchups like you're these. What you're talking about is like a year or two from now, like when everyone really I, knows just, what they're doing. I'm when they at... played in, in Luke Walton's system, then what you're saying makes sense. But it, they don't know anything about. They're going to lose the first two games just because they're going to be starstruck when they get there. Like they they're going to be too. Denver got experience last year. Like, yeah, I mean, so, so the first, so the first two games are a wrap. So then they're going to wake up, and be like, "Oh my god, the playoffs! This is a lot crazier than uh, <laughs> than the regular season." They fight. They're going back to Sacramento. They might lose that game be just because, like, they'll have the great first half. Because I mean, that that would be an amazing crowd. They'd be going crazy. You won't be able to hear yourself. So I could see them going down three zero, getting game four going back and getting wrapped up in Denver. But I, I don't even think it's a – I'll talk you off that real quick. It's not even going to <laughs> Here's where I, I start to pick apart Denver. I go, <clears throat> even the local guys aren't really impressed with Jamal Murray this, yeah. this preseason. You know, obviously the money, the money becomes an issue. Um, but, like, they're not impressed with him. You know, Gary Harris had a real rough year. Will Barton's not the guy he used to be. Um, Malik Beasley got, I uh, believe he got um, Rich Paul as, as his agent. Like he switched agents because he's going to go get a new deal. And it's, he kind of feels like he might be on the way out. So he mm-hmm. might not be happy. Um, you know, Paul Millsap doesn't, you know, scare anybody anymore. Now, Jeremy Grant's a huge piece for them. Um, obviously, you got Jokic. You got a lot of players. I mean, hell, like Tory Craig is a great player for them. Um, so it's like they got the talent, but that backcourt makes me wonder 
you know, are they as 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 are they do they deserve the top four kind of branding of, of a of this top four team? Like if they actually finish seventh, say, you know, would you be looking at them the same way, you know, as you're looking at them right now? And so that's kind of where I run into talent wise. I go, I take De'Aaron Fox over Jamal Murray any day of the week. That's me. Um, you know, I take Buddy Heald over Gary Harris any day of the week. So th- then from there, doesn't win playoff games. What's that? Talent doesn't win playoff games. I mean, there's a reason that no young team has went into the like no really young team has ever been to a conference final. Like no team has ever done that with way better players than what the Kings got. All right. No team right. no that's never been in the playoffs has like made a run. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't happen because you don't know. It's how do you control your emotions? How do you, you know, the, the teams that win those, especially like those old teams, like at the end of their runs or when the run is over, they just know how to execute a possession. <laughs> you know, they just know how to go like, dude, I'm struggling. This team is younger. They're faster. They're more athletic. Let's just do it like we do in practice. Boom, boom, boom. You score, you score. You're up, you're up four with a minute left, and now you're just shooting free throws, and you go home. Like that, that is, you only gain that by going to the playoffs. You, there's nothing you can do. I don't care if it's Michael Jordan on your team or whoever. You cannot gain that unless you've been to the playoffs. So uh, to me, it's just a non, barring injury. There's no way. <laughs> see I, I i run this through the cause reality check for me because then um that keeps me sane and probably keeps the money in my pocket and, and honestly it's tempting to just take them in this probably nobody's ever going to call me on it sort of exercise <laughs> um i mean <laughs> but no 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 you, you i crossed their name out and i went with denver so sorry kings okay. fans cause convinced me that it's not a first round playoff win i mean you're you're getting to the playoffs in my scenario so just take that and like it all right Hey, uh, next year it's a different deal. Next year, but but you, you also remember that. how close I came to predicting it. <laughs> I almost predicted it. Um, if it happens, if not, then I got it right. Um, so then that would put Denver in against GS um, against the Warriors, which that was your first round matchup, right? No, my first. No, I had Denver in Houston. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Okay, so <clears throat> let's reset the playing field here. So I will take Denver. Over Sacramento, so uh, in my scenario, I have a Clippers and Lakers as, as one matchup, and then the Warriors and Denver as another matchup, and then you have Portland and Denver, and then the Clippers and the Lakers. So let's start with your Portland-Denver matchup. Who do you have advancing and why? I got Denver going this time around. Um, classic in that, series. In that a thing? Like huh. that, that just, you know, that they had that classic series, and now you're going to take the other side of it. Yeah. Like, like two uh, punchers. I think, yeah, I think they, you know, Denver left games on the table because, again, because of that experience, they left games on the table that they won't leave this time and, they, and they'll take them in six. It's all about got, getting beat up by somebody, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then I got, you know, Clippers over the Lakers. I think that could be a uh, particularly, particularly frustrating series for them. Um, I think that there's not a lot of continuity. There's not going to be, there's not a good mix for the Lakers of players. You know, this is about top heavy talent um, carrying the day for the 82 game season and then running into a team that's just built to go through everybody. And um, I don't think that the Lakers are going to do, like, if you told me, hey, man, any going to post out 20 times, I'm taking the Lakers. Yeah. But we, you know, but, but, but the, it's the exact opposite of that. Literally everything like, Anthony Davis has said is like, I've been working on my three. I mean, you know, I got this new dribble move. You should check it out. There's a better chance he's going to take 10 threes in the playoff game than he is going to, than he's going to post up 15 times. So, um, so for that reason, I'm taking the Clippers in six. I think, you know, LeBron will win him a game. Um, and then they'll, they'll win a team game. But I think the outside shooting, even if they did go down low, I think their outside shooting is going to be a problem. I mean, Danny Green is is obviously a playoff-tested shooter, but at the same time, I mean, against a Clippers team, like, I don't know how much he could be out there against those dudes. 
Um, you could try to hide him on Shamit, but I think Shamit's really going to have a good season this year uh, with a lot of one-on-one coverage and everyone really uh, you know, trying to stop Kawhi. So I got the Clippers moving on. So uh, you got Denver and the Clippers, and then on, on my end, <clears throat> you know, just to keep things moving here, I, I'm going to take the Warriors over Denver. Um, just something about that team, their experience, um, you know, cranking it up in the playoffs, adding a player or two at the break, you know, um, I think that's... Uh, and adding a top 10 <clears throat> player before the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Like somebody that's like, yeah, I want to play with these guys. And it's, so the, I, I think the Warriors will, will beat uh, the Nuggets in this scenario. And then your scenario, you do have Clay playing, right? I, mean, I do. I'm yeah. Assuming- yeah. And, you know, he's the kind of guy that I wouldn't be shocked if he was like there in January instead of like late February. I do, too. I think they're going to be easy on that just because of the way the whole uh, Kevin Durant thing played out. Mm hmm. Yep. I think they're going to go easier, but I th- I have a, I just feel like he's going to be ready. They're going to win maybe 10 regular season games just because they don't mess up. You know, like yeah. they, they just know how to win. They're going to treat it. And there's a case to be made that they might run out of gas as a result of this. But, you know, that's my whole Warriors thing in a nutshell. Like when it comes to playoffs, like I don't care what experience Denver got. They're, yeah. they're just not in that level of experience. Because- and don't you think, like, for me, I think that I, I thought about the running out of gas thing, too. But don't you think when Clay comes back, it's going to be like a jolt for them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that that's going to that kind of emotional and, well, and thing is, is going to really carry them through like a, a, a lull. I also think know? the D'Angelo Russell thing is the most fascinating thing in the world because he was like on the short list of like, to me, like kind of like basketball dumber NBA players like oh sure <clears throat> like <laughs> like what are you doing man and now he's gonna learn it's like it's probably gonna be really rough for him for two months and then there'll be a catch point and he mm-hmm. will slingshot through the, like the middle of the season until Clay gets back um so he's an X factor there um then I got the Clippers over the over the, over the Lakers for all the reasons that you said and probably a few more um, so for you, you've got Denver and the Clippers, and then I've got the Clippers and the Warriors. So um, what do you got coming out of the West? I got the Clippers. I mean, it's not even a, you know, they they just built <laughs> for this thing. I mean, it's I, one. Of I better, can't wait to watch them. Yeah, like, it's been one of the better constructed. I mean, you know, like they they're just constructed perfectly. Um, and I just uh, you got those two dudes. Yeah, what if I they mean, get a center? I'm a god. Yeah, know? I mean, and and there there'll be some guys out there for the taking, you know. Come, you know, through the season, and you just need and and like what's his name though? He's gonna have a really good season, like Zubac. Zubac yeah, think that he's a Hell, lot Michael Green will have a pretty yeah. good season playing yeah, with those I mean, guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it's gonna be, and I think I, I have the like this, you know the. Watching just a little bit that I saw, I've seen of Kawhi Leonard in the um, in the in the uh, preseason, I I, I kind of think like he's got to like maybe think an MVP, you know? Like I think mm. he might be thinking that kind of mentality of you know. It's, it's funny he, in fantasy, everybody's worried about him not playing. I think this is the year that you know when you call the shots like he did, you know, all Kaiser yeah. Sose like over the the off season, he you kind of almost have to show up. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. You, yeah, you're right about MVP, which is a question for the end of the show. Um, maybe we'll just carry that over. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And I think the Clippers, like I got, you know, the Clippers coming out of the West. Uh, I don't think like I don't think the Warriors have a chance against the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, yeah, I mean, I- yeah, if that's your matchup, that might be like, I mean, that's who that's cool. kind of who they're constructed to beat. Right. I mean, Kawhi can't. I mean, Steph can't score on Kawhi. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's like kind of the perfect. You, you, it's hard to say that like a three-time NBA champion is the perfect matchup for you, but the Warriors literally are like a perfect matchup for this team. Like, like they, the things that they do, the things that the Clippers do well, and what they can, you know, stop. I mean, they could, they just can make Steph and Clay be horribly inefficient. And then you're talking about D'Angelo Russell having to go through Patrick Beverly and, and Landry Shamit. And it's not that if that's what you're counting on the win a playoff series, then you, you just not don't really have much of a chance. Let's get into this finals matchup here. Um, the, the Bucks and the Clippers. 
this is a classic in the making to me. I don't think I really like, I kind of think that Vegas would have that at 50, 50, like total toss up. Um, I, yeah. I know who I'm going to pick, but did you want to lay out any of your thoughts before? I like, I like the Clippers. I think that again, I, I think the, it's not that everyone's talking about him shooting in his, uh, the Greek free shot. And I really think that it's more about where they put him. I wish that he would play below the free throw more. I don't like him. Initiating you know, at start... the top of the pattern with five guys yeah. with the foot in the paint. Yeah, it's good once. It's it's good a little bit. I mean, yeah, mix things up. But against the Clippers, I mean, it's they're just going to be so sound defensively. Um, and it's not going to – and it's easier – it's going to be easier for them to like – Against like the Warriors, the Clippers got to move all over the place. Like Kawhi and 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 Paul George will really make life difficult for Steph and, and Clay. But they're going to have a really hard time doing it. It's going to tax them to have to, to to stop those two guys. It's not really going to tax them to stop uh, Giannis. Like it's going to be an easy team effort because everyone can just sit there and wait for him to come. And you have Kawhi who could actually stop him out there on the perimeter and then when he, he you know he's got those great hands it's just gonna I, I just i just feel like it's gonna be hard for them to score consistently um so i'm gonna take uh the clippers i think are i think they're gonna have milwaukee i'll have as the home as the home team so i'm gonna take uh i'm gonna take um the clippers and six mm, clippers and six i'm gonna take well, I've got the Clippers as the number one seed, and I kind of think that, I mean, it's not great odds to take them over Milwaukee um, for home court, but I don't think it's out of the question. So when I say that, that this is going to go down to seven games, I could have this as a home or an away win in, in game seven, and I think it's probably at least some chance that the the, uh, the Clippers somehow win more games than Milwaukee. <clears throat> so uh, I'm going to take the Clippers. Uh, I just think defensively we haven't seen anything like this. Uh, you know, the the players that they're going to throw out there on the court could quite literally just shut anybody down, I think. And so uh, Milwaukee's big – the big problem with Milwaukee is what happens when you change their identity and do they have like a counter? Do they have a change-up or a curveball? I think with the Clippers, they have that question answered kind of many different ways. You know, you shut down Kawhi, you got Paul George. You know, you, you can run yeah. offense through other guys. So it's um, <clears throat> that's, I think, for that reason, you, you add those two things up. And I think we're going to actually see a Clippers championship in our lifetime. Yeah. And what kind <laughs> Is, of is a, Donald Sterling like, still alive? Because if so, he's going to be rolling over. Or if he's dead, he's rolling over in his grave. Like, like and think about, think about, talk about legacy. Like, if if Kawhi Leonard could bring a championship to Canada and then follow it up with the one to the Clippers, he's I mean the, I'm sorry, he's like, the guy. That is, that is worth that is worth like a couple of Jordans, right? He, I mean, he like, is that dude, man. Like, like and, that is a crazy accomplishment. And I would like to point out that the Cousin Brew Show has been mighty high on Kawhi Leonard for many, many years. Absolutely, at, at this yeah. level, at this level, not like, oh, he's a good player. Oh, he's underrated. You know, like yeah. none of that BS. Like we've been like, no, he's the best player in the NBA for years. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. now we're talking about him like, yeah, he brought a championship to Canada and he's bringing one to the Clippers. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Give me your MVP pick and then we're going to get out of here. I'm going to go uh, MVP. I'm going to go LeBron. I think it's his last. How, yeah. how do you say that? We're going to go quick. <laughs> huh? You go with LeBron. Hit me. Yeah. I, well, I don't think that. Um, I think he's going to be really. Uh, I think he's already playing like harder than he's played. Well, that's my big fear in all of my fading of LeBron and the Lakers is that he took last year off. Yeah. That's yeah, my fear. So I, I, I don't think that, um, yeah, I, th I think he's just going to have a monster season. I don't think there's anything anybody's going to be able to do about it. Do you, think, <laughs> you, hey, do you think the listeners have noticed that you've changed studios like three times? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm okay, not... you got LeBron. You got LeBron. That's noted. LeBron. I haven't yeah. heard anybody say that, by the way. And I know it's probably out there, and it's just a function of me not listening to a lot of kind of takey radio. Um, but okay. All right. I mean, I obviously he's in the mix, and it's just interesting because he kind of wants to not, not that he kind of wants to, but you know, maybe he defers to Anthony Davis. They split the vote somehow. Steph is so easy to pick, and that's who I'm going to pick because yeah. he's going to get so many numbers, so many numbers. I think because I think you have them higher than me though, uh, as far as the seating. Like I, I do, teams. and there's a chance that they don't make it. So like, that's how he falls off. If they're like at six, I think. And it's interesting because I have L.A. at five. So, like, whether or not they can kind of finish higher than each other might dictate certain things there. And then Kawhi, that's going to be tough, especially if Paul George misses as many games as it sounds like he's going to miss. You know, it's going to be a fast start for Kawhi, and then they're going to win a lot of games, and he's going to probably be viewed as the guy. It's really interesting, um, just the, the splitting of the vote, the duos in the league. But um, Steph, I just think, is going to score so much that, you know, and if they get to six, I think that's probably maybe the tipping point. Seven, it might be iffy if they're just sneaking in at eight. You're probably right with um, somebody else, you know, other than him. But that's who I'm going to take, cause that's who I'm that's who I'm taking. And uh, that's going to do it for the show. It's good to talk, man. It's been great. I know. We're back. We are back. So uh, we're going to get back on a regular schedule here. It might be a little bit hit or miss here in the next like week or two because things, I mean, we have so much going on here at Hoopball. Oh, my God. Guys, have you even been around to see all the Hoopball stuff that's going on? I mean, it's crazy. I, 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 I've got my ball shirt on. Does that count? I, I have my Hoopball shirt on and I had Kona coffee this morning. Okay. So I kind of feel like I'm kind of. You're like in there right? in the trenches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, just the tech stuff alone that we've got going on makes me extremely excited. But we are in our busy season, so if we don't have a show this upcoming week, don't shoot us. But we are getting back on a regular schedule here because it is go time. So uh, follow us online. Speaking of go time, follow us online on Twitter, twitter.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show. 792 days without a tweet. We are doing that perfectly. And on facebook.com slash K-O-Z-A-N-D-B-R-U show. How's, how's Facebook going for us, Cause? Did you know you were our social media coordinator? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I didn't post anything on Facebook last week. Oh, the, just last week. The, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, you want like an overall thing? Yeah. So it's been about 67 weeks. Oh, without, but, without, a, without a Facebook post. Yeah. So, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back. Well, we've, we've made you social media coordinator. Act like it, cause. Another one's in the books, people. Peace. Peace.